So today we're going to talk about Acts chapter 19, which is, this is the second last of our series on the Supernatural series. How many of you have been blessed in this series? Yeah, I know I've been blessed because, you know, really God has got such supernatural things awaiting for His church to be unleashed and to, once again, to be rediscovered in our lives. Amen? Yeah, so... This is the second last of the Supernatural series and we are on Acts chapter 19 and we just read that scripture. But to give us a little bit context of what we just read, I need to bring us back to Acts chapter 18. Okay, Acts chapter 18, something happened in Acts chapter 18. As you read Acts chapter 19 just now, this one man's name was mentioned. His name was Apollos. Okay, so... If you read it like this, and, and you're like, I wonder, you know, you know, it's got no head, no tail. Where did this Apollos come from? And uh, so I need us to rewind a little bit to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18, verse 24 onwards. It says here, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, which is in Egypt, okay, came to Ephesus. Where was Paul preaching just now? Ephesus or so loud, okay? He was also preaching in Ephesus. He came, well, he was an eloquent man, competent in the scripture. Verse 25, it says, He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Okay, so there was a guy by the name of Apollos, very zealous, very knowledgeable in the Word of God, very, he was, he was this, um, he was eloquent, the Bible says he was eloquent, Luke records him as a very eloquent man, and when he was preaching the gospel in the synagogue, he was telling the people about, you know, this, this Jesus, you know, and, but he only understood John's baptism, which was that the Messiah is coming, that he's, you know, he's powerful, he's the Savior, and he probably knew, because the Bible says he taught accurately about Jesus, that he was going to be the one that's the saviour, he died on the cross, and that was it. That's all he knew. He didn't go as far as knowing about the Holy Spirit. So when Paul went back to, to Ephesus, okay, so when Paul went to Ephesus, he found some of his disciples who were there who had these gaps in their understanding as well. So now you get it because you, I need you to understand because, you know, when the Bible was written, there were no chapters, there were no verses, so when Luke was writing this, he's telling you a story. Oh yeah, you know, there's this guy who was preaching and teaching. Like, you know, so these guys learned in Ephesus, learned whatever he taught. So, and then after that, Paul came and Paul talked to them. And Paul realized how come there's gaps in their understanding of this gospel. And now you understand because Apollos only knew that before he was pulled aside by Priscilla and Aquila to tell him about the whole truth, about the Holy Spirit. So this... Now Apollos knows the full story and he goes on to preach in Corinth, right? And now Paul came, comes back to Ephesus and talks to this group of people and realizes, oh, they didn't get the updated version. They haven't gotten the updated version that there is a Holy Spirit. So he, this is where we are coming from, all right? Now, I, I've realized this, that as believers, once we are powered up, that's the title of a message, powered up, once we are powered up, something happens to each and every one of us. Wow, two believers here, very good. Once we are powered up, something happens, supernatural, must happen to us. Not just should, must. 
Because something changes in our lives, something changes in our spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence, initial evidence of speaking in tongues, something happens. And here I want to point out several things that I, I see happening when a person is completely powered up with the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, something happens to us. Right, I have here some stuff. Okay, don't be distracted. Okay, all the aunties here, I'm like, wow, what is this that she has on the stage? You know, she going to do a cooking show, don't be distracted, okay? Let me talk to you first about one of the things that happens to a believer that is completely baptized in the Holy Spirit. Number one, a person is a persistent person. That person becomes a very persistent person. Persistent. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, something changes. Paul, let me tell you this. So this is Paul's third missionary journey. When you read Acts chapter 19, it's Paul's third missionary journey. All in all, Paul, Paul took four missionary journeys. This is his third missionary, and he had been to Ephesus before. Acts chapter 18, uh, the earlier part of Acts chapter 18 tells you that he was in Ephesus, and then the, he taught in the synagogue. Okay, so every mission trip, every time Paul went to a city, the first place that he would go to is the synagogue. Every time he went, he stepped into a new town, the first place that he went to was the church, the synagogue at that time. And he would teach and preach there. He would debate there. However, in every town, let me say this, in every town that he went to, in every city that he went to, in every synagogue that he entered, every one of them rejected him. Every single city rejected in the synagogue, they rejected him. They either persecuted him, they threw him out, they mocked him, and they rejected his teaching, except for Ephesus. So when he was in Ephesus, he went in chapter 18, he went there, he taught, he spoke in the, in the synagogue, he was so surprised, he was blown away. What in the world? These guys are actually listening to me. These Jewish guys are actually listening to me. They're actually trying to hear what I'm trying to say, which is amazing to him. He probably is like, he can't even believe it himself because he was, he was probably expecting an automated response, you know, of how they would reject it again as well. But they were interested. In fact, they told him, please stay. But he said, I can't stay. But God willing, I will come back. Acts chapter 18, verse 20, it says that. God willing, I will come back. So he did. He kept his word because he was, I'm sure he, something but in him must be wondering why in every town... They rejected me, but in Ephesus, they wanted me back. And they want to hear more in the synagogue. So, he, obviously, he went back to Ephesus, and this is Acts chapter 19, and he's teaching in the synagogue again. Now, but what I want to say is this. It didn't, take, it didn't last very long either. After three months in the synagogue, they started rejecting him and mocking him, and their hearts became hardened, and they threw him out. Now, I have to give it to Paul. Going from town to town, traveling like this, going to the synagogue, going and doing a lot of stuff there, and trying so hard to tell his own people the truth, trying so hard to explain what he knows and the fullness of the gospel to them, that Jesus the Messiah has already come and now that he's already ascended to heaven, he has left us with the Holy Spirit. He's trying to explain, you know, this fullness of what he has understood. 
to them and they reject him. It's different because when the Gentiles reject him, it's because they really don't know better. But when the Jews themselves reject, I'm sure he felt it so much, like, like Jesus. Jesus went to teach, he wanted to pour his heart out to the, to the Jews, but they rejected him, so he went to everywhere else. I mean, he preached the gospel everywhere to anyone who wanted to receive. Perhaps the hardest thing for each and every one of us to bear is when we go through the difficulties from within. From within. When your people that you were hoping to speak to, people whom you are working with, people whom you are, you are, you know, surrounded with, and you want them to know the truth, and these are the ones that reject you the first. And that causes you to be so discouraged. And he went on, you know, even preaching with the Gentiles, it was never easy. Beaten, bruised, and he was, he was persecuted, he was hit, and he was housebound. What is wrong with this man? After all that he's gone through, why continue? He still went on and on and on and on and on until the day he died. And the only reason why Paul is able to carry on like this is because he was powered up with the Holy Spirit. The only reason why many of us carry on in our ministry, in our career, in whatever that you are doing, and you have the hard situations that you are going on, is only because there is a power source that you are tapped into. If not, there is no way. Because on our own, we're just like this portable blender. Nice to hold, nice to see, very cute. I can bring it anywhere. It has, it has certain features in it, but guess what? Yes, it blends. It blends, it blends. You know, with a full charge, it can blend up to 15 times. Okay? Then we go through situations and we are so beat up, we're so tired, we go for a holiday, we go for a retreat. We recharge it. We recharge it and then, oh, okay, now we can carry on for another couple of months. Right, you know, and then after that, it goes on and on and on and on again, and then it becomes red, neat, 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 and then we recharge. You know why? Because with our own limited power, you can only carry on this much. That's it. That's all we have. You cannot give more than what you have. It will stop eventually, and that's why so many people give up on things. But you know what? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, something supernatural takes place in your life. You are plugged in to a power source that can go on. It's plugged in. I can talk the whole sermon and this guy can still go on. Because you know why? There is uninterrupted power supply. There is an uninterrupted power supply going into him and he can just go on and on and on. And that was why Paul was like a chihuahua on crack. You know how chihuahua is? And then he's like on drugs. And he goes on and on and on and on and on. Why? 
bruised, beaten, persecuted by his own people and thrown out of the city and sometimes they beat him and they flog him and then they will do, you know, he's, he's in chains and they will lock him in the house, in house prison. He doesn't stop. He writes letters. My goodness, what in the world is he thinking? Why? Because he's plugged in. There is an uninterrupted power supply that goes into his life. And for every single one of you who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that same power lives in you and in me. Come on, that's right. It's not a temporary power supply on and off, you know. You, it's like, eh, eh, doesn't work anymore. When, how come? It is there, available, always for you and for me. And the only way you and I can carry on in the work of the Lord, can carry on in anything that we do, you need to continually be plugged into that power supply. Not for one moment can we disconnect from Him. Because you know why? It can, you, so many things that like I mentioned the last time I preached, things are fashioned to cause you to quit. Things are fashioned to cause you to say, that's it. Things, every single thing that, was, that happened in Paul's life was fashioned for him to say, enough. These people don't deserve to know the truth. Forget it. What for? I, I know I've said it. Sometimes when you go through trying moments, you know, and you go through situations like, oh my goodness, I no, don't need, I don't need this. And you just want to walk away. But you know what? When we're powered with the Holy Spirit, He gives you the ability to carry on and on and on and on by the grace of God. Amen. I was with a bunch of my Bible school mates. We graduated in the same year, and we have, this is like our own, coming to our 20th year of, of, since graduation. Some of them have been serving, most of us have been serving more than 20 years. And every single one of them had stories of how ministry, of how life has, has beaten them in so many ways. But at the end of that conversation, all I could sit there and was to, to thank God that every single one of them are still in the ministry, serving God one way or another. Why? Because they are powered up with the Holy Spirit. And there was a persistence in their heart and their spirit to carry on. Not because of their own strength. Like I said, their own strength, eventually it will wear out. A couple of days of break, yeah, one month break, may help for a bit, recharged, and you'll come back again. And the same things, one of my friends took a, a sabbatical for a year plus, came back to it, same thing. It was such a tough moment until the Lord broke through into her heart, into her spirit. Let me say this to you. No matter what circumstances you're going through, I don't know what it is, the circumstances that you may be facing that is hard, that is difficult. Something happens when the Holy Spirit comes into you and you have the tenacity to fight on right till the end. Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise. Second thing that I realized when a person is powered up by the Holy Spirit is this, they become a transformed 
become transformed people. Transformed people. Sorry. Uh, yes, let's become transformed people. And Ephesians chapter, oh, sorry, this is just, if transformed people, you know why? Let me say this. If the Paul, Paul went to, in, in uh, Acts chapter 19, right? He went and he spoke to these men who were there. So he walked into this city and he found some disciples there and, uh, and he talked to them. And as he was talking to them, he realized something. Something was missing from their lives. Something didn't sound very right. If they say that they are disciples, something doesn't sound very right. I wonder today if the Apostle Paul were to come into glad tidings and he chatted with some of us before service and after service. I wonder if he would have this puzzled look on his face. Puzzled, and then probably with his head tilted. And he will ask, have you received the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I think it would be even more confusing for him if our members here would talk to him and say, yeah, yeah, we've heard, we know what, who the Holy Spirit is, yeah, you know, our pastors have been preaching and teaching about from Acts, about the supernatural. And he'll be like, even more confused. Because sometimes the way we talk, the way we walk, our attitudes do not reflect, do not reflect that we have been filled with the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. These guys, they, they, knew, they, they knew Jesus Christ, and yet, but then because perhaps it was some things that they say, or the way they said it, or the way they were talking, or the way they were behaving, something was just not right, it was missing. And that's why he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit when you, were, when you believed? There must be a transformation that happens in our lives. I'm sick and tired of the devil telling lies to, to, to spirit-filled believers that you are a victim in your situation. I'm sick and tired of the devil trying to distract us, trying to put, you know, all these negative thoughts in our hearts and in our minds that we cannot do it. I'm sick and tired of of the devil putting thoughts in your mind that this person is too hard, will never be saved, so don't bother reaching out to him or to her. Those are the lies of the enemy, my friends. Because when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, something transforms, something changes in your heart, something just totally, you cannot remain the same. If a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a plug point and, the, and, you are, and you are in His presence. Something happens. There is a noise. There is something that moves. It cannot be stopped. How can we say that we are transformed by the Holy Spirit but still live the same? Same old, same old. Cannot overcome habits, cannot overcome things, cannot overcome circumstances. It's impossible. That is what I'm trying to tell us. It is impossible not to be transformed. It's impossible not to have something happening in your life if the Holy Spirit is in you. It is impossible that you don't have a passion for souls. It is impossible that you don't want to go for missions. It is impossible that you don't want to live a life that is victorious and that it is impossible 
Because when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, there is a transformation that takes place. Your attitude changes, your word changes, the way you speak, the way you, you look at things changes because you, instead of looking at things in the natural, you start looking at things in the supernatural. Amen. Stop walking around with your heads hung low, with a depressed spirit, like as if the whole world's burdens are on you. It's not on you. No matter what the newspaper says, no matter what the SMSs are floating around says, reject it in Jesus' name. I refuse. I refuse to walk around. I refuse to come to a church where there's no transformation. We are in Assemblies of God, Pentecostal church. We are a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial, initial evidence of speaking in tongues. That flows and that becomes a change in our hearts and in our spirit. That when you walk out of this door, this is, this is safe ground. This is your recharge time. When you walk out of the ground, the Holy Spirit goes with you and you are there in doing whatever God has called you to do with power and with glory and with victory. Do not allow the devil to tell you otherwise. He says, Jesus says in his word, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's not because of anything, it's because the power of the Holy Spirit lives in you, enables you to do everything that God says you can do. Stop living as victims, and we are victors in Christ Jesus because of what He has done. Amen. Young people in the house, the youth are here with us. Remember this for your lives. Don't walk around, you know, thinking that, that, you know, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, God can help you overcome things. Whether you're young, you're old, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit can help us transform our lives from the inside out. Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul, after Paul, was in prison now, right? And uh, he's still writing letters. So he wrote to the Ephesians, talking to them about the transformation, life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, talks about how the Holy Spirit transformed our lives. That, you know, if, if we're going through situations, if we're going through habits that need to be broken, guess what? The Holy Spirit can do it. We've heard testimonies upon testimonies of how when a person is baptized with the Holy Spirit, addictions that seem so hard to kick off suddenly supernaturally takes place. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Some takes a longer progressive time, but yes, it happens. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit works in our lives and does a change. It cannot, you cannot remain the same. Cannot. You are not an ordinary person. You're not just, you're not just an ordinary, this is not just an ordinary blender. I don't get paid for promoting this, yeah? <laughs> this is a blend tech. But many of us still walk around thinking that you are some chapalang brand. when God has placed such a powerful source in your life. 
to be transformed, to do what He has called you to do in such a powerful, persistent, and consistent way. Amen. Come on. You are powered with the most powerful source. And the, Ephesians chapter 5, at the end of it, Paul tells them, but be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Your, your life should have and display the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and... That's right. And yet, many of us still struggle in many of these areas. Work in progress. But can God transform us? Yes, He can. Yes, He can. And yes, He will. Amen. Come on, let's give Him the praise. He can and He will. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart that when you walk out here, when you go back to your offices, when you go back to your business, when you go back to your family, they should see a difference in your lives. And they should never, you know, if, if Paul really were to walk in here today, there will be no, huh? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit one? Uh? There will be more than that. God can use you and God will use you in ways that you never thought or imagined because this is a supernatural power that flows in and through your lives. Yeah? Amen. And third one. Powered people, powered up people are gifted people. Powered up people are gifted people. So it says here, in Acts chapter 19, verse 5. Is that verse 5? Yeah, verse 5 onwards. Okay, it says, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, is that it? Okay, verse 5, verse 6, it goes, And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men and all. That's verse 6 and 7. What happened? Yes? The Assemblies of God, we believe that baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate occasion from salvation. That's what we subscribe to, right? So once you're saved, and then we're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and once you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is an initial evidence of speaking in tongues, okay? But what excites me is this. It says here, that when they started, they, they were baptized, God laid hands on them, I mean, Paul laid hands on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There was a release of the spiritual giftings of God in their lives the moment the Holy Spirit came upon them. Spiritual gifts can only happen to spirit-filled people. Spiritual gifts can only be activated in spirit-filled people. It cannot, be, acted, it cannot active, be activated in someone who is not filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you getting me? So when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, something happened, the spiritual gifts started to be released. Look at Joel chapter 2, verse 28. That was quoted by, by Peter when he was preaching. You know, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, people started prophesying, started praying and, in tongues, and the people around them were so confused when Pentecost happened. And Paul 
sorry, Peter. Peter stood there and said, this is to fulfill what the prophet Joel said. That in the last days, what does it say? In the last days, God, uh, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision and old men will dream dreams. Are you seeing this? That miracles and spiritual giftings were activated. They were activated because in the last days when God pours out His Spirit, there will be such an activation of the spiritual gifts in our lives. And so many of us have been given something amazing in our lives, but we have just kept it inside. Do you know that every single one of you, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you have spiritual gifts that are within you? Surprise! Because I think some of you are like, oh, I, I have. Yes! If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, every single person that is saying, only male pastors and female pastors will prophesy. No, it says your sons and daughters. Every single person, male and female, will prophesy. Young men will see visions. God will open their eyes. All men will dream dreams. Those are all spiritual gifts. They are spiritual gifts. I know we joke about it when you start, we say, oh, I had a dream. Oh, you become old already, huh? No, 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 no. No, that's not it. It's trying to say that it's available for every single person, that the spiritual gifts are available for every single believer who is spirit-filled. You have it in you. And it is a necessity for the church to be activated with the spiritual gifts. More than ever before, we need people to be activated in your spiritual gifts. Believe it or not, God wants to use every single one of us. And He has already planted that inside your heart, inside your spirit. And you need to recognize it. Yes, the gift of prophecy was something that was mentioned more than any other gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, it says this. The gift of pros uh, um, pursue love and, and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's what Ephesians chapter 14, verse 1 says. So prophecy is just the gifting, the ability to hear from God and to release what God has said to His people. And it can be to an individual, it can be to a church or whatever, you know. But the thing is, this is something that is available for every single person. It didn't say that out of 12 men, only two could prophesy. All 12 of them started speaking in tongues and started prophesying. In fact, in Corinthians, it almost seems like everyone could prophesy. That's why he had to give rules and, and orderly worship. We have to do it one by one. All of us are able to, you know why? Because all of us are able to hear from God. We don't need to have an intermediary person to hear from God to tell you what God has told you. That is the Old Testament difference, the huge difference between Old Testament prophetic office. And I'm talking about the, uh, the, the gift of the Spirit, the gift of prophecy. I'm not talking about the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet is still there in, in, the, prophet, in the fivefold ministry. And that has a function of encouraging the church and speaking life into, the, into situations of, of a land or whatever it is. That is still there. But the ministry and the gift of the, whole, the prophecy is for every single person that you can be activated to speak 
for, for the Lord and pray for people intelligibly as the Lord speaks to you. We don't need, there is no, there is no mediator. So every time, basically, a prophetic gifting, when you are release something, when you pray something and it makes sense to the other person, it's because God has already spoken to that person and it, it, it serves as an encouragement. It serves as an as a, uh, affirmation and a confirmation for what they are going through. Many times, most times, it's like that. It is never to, for, you to, for you to just, you know, look at, looks like this person is more sensitive. Listen to the Lord yourself. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. You have access to the very presence of God yourself. You can hear from God yourself. You can hear God's direction. You can hear what God wants you to do. You can hear what He, he wants, is leading you. And many times when the prophetic word is released into your life and somebody prays along and says something, I don't know, but I, I see this picture or I, whatever it is, you know, I release this particular word. And you'll be surprised because it's like no one else knows what I've been praying for. That is what the prophetic ministry is for, and it is so necessary today because you know what? There are so many voices outside. When you have a body of believer, a faith family that continues to pray for one another and that is sensitive to the Lord, the Lord can speak encouragement and affirmation and confirmation to what you are praying for. It's never a surprise. It won't be like, huh? How come I've never heard this before that I will be doing this? It is always for encouragement and for affirmation. So that's why it says that you may prophesy. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, it says this, He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who speaks to prophesies edifies the church. Sometimes there is a place where there is a moment where somebody releases a prophetic word even in the midst of worship. And it encourages, encourages the entire community. Now, I want us to understand, every spiritual gift was given for one purpose. Every spiritual gift was given for one purpose, which is the edification of the church. Which is for the edification of the church. The Bible says here, he who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Edifies. And what does edify mean? The Greek word for edify is oikodome. Dome. Oikodome. That's what, how you pronounce it. Oikodome. Oikodome. And what does oikodome mean? House builder. Wow. When I heard that, I'm like, what? Where are all the house builders? We need house builders here in glad tidings. Not personal builders, not people who would attract them to the people to themselves. Oh, you can do this, you know, and everybody wants you to be the only one who pray for them or the other person. This is a community. You know, we are called the priesthood of believers and we are called to build God's house together because there are spiritual gifts in every single one of you. There are about a thousand of you seated here. There are over a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, because sometimes we have two or three gifts in us, right? Three thousand spiritual gifts working right here, right now and online as well. Come on, let's give God the praise. How is this house going to be built? It is going to be built by house builders who will edify one another, who will begin to speak life, begin to speak hope, begin to speak into situations. That is what the house builder does. What does, what for? You know, you have the power, yeah, you have the power and, and you don't do anything about it. God has given you the power 
so that it can be something exciting can happen. Alamak. Whatever you want now, okay? These are frozen strawberries here. Okay. What else do I have? I've got some blueberries or mixed berries. Wow! And you know, there's some yogurt drink as well. Okay, let's put some more just in case it doesn't work. God has blessed you. Just as this blender has got different functions, it's got lots of different features. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you, you have spiritual gifts and you have something inside of you that is, willing, that is, that is able to do amazing things for the Lord. The functions that you have, the things that you have in your spirit when, when the Holy Spirit baptizes you, the giftings that you have is unique to you. And you need to start activating it. When there is a class on, on um, um, spiritual gifts, when there is an equipped course or whatever it is, you need to attend those courses, okay? And, and go for it. So there's a transformation that happens. Something happens. God has given you that gift for a specific purpose. It is not for us to keep to our own and keep it inside this, this jar. That's why it becomes dormant, it becomes stale. It becomes, you don't even know it's there anymore. Some of you have left it dormant for so long. Perhaps it was the MCO, perhaps it was something that you have no ways of manifesting it, no ways of practicing it, no ways of using it to bless others. But I want to say to you, God has activated something in you. Okay, this is on smoothie mode, that's why it takes a long while, okay? And now I understand what Paul means. And he says, my life is like a drink offering that is poured out for many. It's poured out for many. It's not to be kept for our own. He calls us to be house builders. The spiritual gifts in you and in me are used to build the house of the Lord. It's used to bless one another. It's not used to outshine one another. It's used so that you'll be poured out to be given to many. And who wants some smoothie? Come on, Esther, come. Come. Come, Lenny. Yeah, please, thanks. Poured out to many. I have one more from this side. Very nice one. It's real. <laughs> you saw me making it. All right, come on. The man who has been filled and he's going to be blessed, a house builder as well. God bless you. Come on. I want to believe with all my heart that Glad Tidings will be a church that will be bubbling over with believers who understand what the Holy Spirit is and who will activate the gifts of the Spirit in your heart and in, and in your lives.
that wherever you are, whether you are at your workplace and when you are going through a tough situation, that God will activate those spiritual giftings so that you can see beyond the natural and you will act beyond the natural, that the fruit of the Spirit will manifest in your heart and your spirit so that you don't react in a situation. And this will be a church super-powered because you are powered by the superpower source, which is the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want us to not understand this. We are not living in post-pandemic times. Hear me. We are not living in post-pandemic times. We are living in pre-revival days. And if you want a revival to happen, an outpouring to take place, it's going to happen in the church. When the Spirit-filled believers start rising up and recognizing the authority of God that you have in your life, and the Spirit of God fills you afresh to be what He has called you to be in society, in the nation, and in the nations of the world. Can somebody say amen? Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm not here to preach to you a message that will make you feel good. I'm going to say this to you. There is, it's impossible. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's impossible that you leave here the same person. It's impossible that you live every life, everyday life defeated and, and so downcast and discouraged. It's impossible that the Lord won't work through you because you are plugged in. So I want to believe with all my heart that God's going to pour out His Spirit even more in a greater measure on all our lives, that we will be filled wherever we go. We will walk out to be such powerful and such amazing people because God has enabled it for you and for me. When you are tapped in with the humility of the Lord, He will use us to bless many. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's worship the Lord. <laughs>